AMCO President, Mr. Joseph Matunjwa. A very good evening to you, sir. Good evening and to your listeners. Now, Mr. Matunjwa, as AMCO, uh, you want to negotiate for 12,500 rand to be the entry level in the gold sector. And if I'm correct, the National Union of Mine Workers says that they are wanting 10,500 rand, which is about 2,000 rand less than what you are, are demanding. Uh, what is the situation right now for gold mine workers in South Africa? The gold miners workers or the mine workers in general in South Africa currently, the status, they are west of than before. So from 1994, the increase of the value of what they are receiving or what their salary is, is it hasn't increased as decline as compared prior to 1994. How is this so? Because there have been lots of strikes um, that the unions have basically embarked on, and all of these have been around wage negotiations. How then can the situation be worse than it was in 1994? That's the reason that uh, our members embarked on a five-month strike because if you remember, if I can make just a quick example, <coughs> uh, gold was discovered around about 1884. From 1941, a black mine worker was earning 70 rand per month, while the white counterparts were earning 878 rand a month. So the gap has been in that fashion. 1994, political dispensation never addressed this structural payment or structural uh, system that was created during those years. So therefore, if our members, their increase is based on the CPI, it, it just con- the gap just continues to be uh, more bigger than ever because the base is too low from the apartheid years. So this 6,500 rand monthly increase um, this then would put the black worker on an equal scale to the white mine worker? Not really, not really. It's an effort that we are trying. We won't even get closer, but we are simply saying the 12,500 as a basic entry level in the mining industry will enable the black mine worker to be able to to pay for his bread for lunch pack or even maybe to be able to assist to pay the renters or any other social needs that the family uh, needs. What you're asking for, Mr. Matunjo, is more than double what they're currently earning right now. Do you think that the mining houses are in a position to afford this right now by the end of July or rather by the beginning of July? Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, if I can draw your attention, Enzo Gold Ashanti pay for executive managers, including gains on the share scheme, jumped from 155% from 83.7 million in 2008 to 213 million last year, while its gold production declined by 20.8%. So what does that tell us? The executive, the price of gold is not good. The, price, the production is not good, is not con, uh, uh, convincing. 
but their salaries and their gain share scheme are jumping up. They are walloping 213 million. So what does that tell us? It tells us they can afford 12,500. I was reading an interview um, that was made or done by uh, Neil Fronman, the, the CEO of, of Sibanya Gold. And, and he said that inflated wage increases would lead to retrenchments. What are your thoughts to, uh, on that? What, are, what is your reaction to that statement? It's quite unfortunately because whenever uh, workers in general pursue a living wage, the phenomenon of this world will come and try to justify the economic oppression to the majority of the black mine workers. But when it comes to their shares and comes to their salaries, I mean, it's not an issue irrespective of declining of the price or the production. So job losses happen even there is no demand. For instance, Harmony was restructuring around about February. There was no strike there. I mean, they signed, what, a 7.5%. National Union of Mine Workers signed 7.5 in gold in 2013, if you'll remember, 2014. There was no strike, but they were restructuring. So then we cannot be convinced and say workers shouldn't demand a better living wage because the mines will be restructuring. They're ever restructuring these people. So should this increase happen... And should there be retrenchment because of this increase? Are you saying that that is a, a wager that you're willing to take, that is a risk that you're willing to take? Hence, I'm saying whether there is a demand, whether there is not demand, these mines are restructuring, irrespective of whatever. You can just look at the uh, um, optimum in Whitbank, just outside Whitbank, a coal mine under Glencoe wants to 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 restructure about over a thousand workers there was no strike there there was no twelve thousand five hundred demand it's just the employer saying no my profit doesn't look very good so therefore i have to restructure so there was no strike there so i mean the issue of uh, a strike is not in question here it's about dismantling this economic oppression that is faced by the majority of the black mine work workers in the mining, of which the companies want to protect the status quo. So should these negotiations collapse, will you go on strike again? It's not for Matunzwa or Joseph Vosimozi to call for a strike. Are the members, who are the members of AMCO, who've got a final weight to say whether do they want to go on strike or not? It's not Joseph that has to call the strike. You know, you as AMCO, you represent about 29% of the about 94,500 gold employees at uh, Sibanya Gold, um, Anglo Gold, Ashanti, as well as Harmony Gold. Uh, this is obviously according to, to the Chamber of Mines. Some are saying that your demands are, are rather opportunistic, that you're trying just to gain more members uh, by demands that seem to be unattainable. What is your response to that? AMCO doesn't need to, to put uh, any figure for its members. The demands are not coming from my office or NEC office, office, national office, it's come from our members. 
That is one. Two, the issue of gaining members. Members are joining AMCO even there's no way to negotiations. Look at uh, Aquarius Platinum. More than 3,500 members left NUM and joined AMCO. There was no way to negotiations there. So, I mean, workers in South Africa, they happen to like AMCO and the manner in which we conduct ourselves. We don't change the mandate of the workers without their say. We carry their mandate until themselves. We prove that during the platinum strike, we called a big uh, central mass meeting at Royal Bafoukeng. They mandated us that now you can go and sign. And we, we did as we were told. So therefore, workers, they see this is the union that they can associate because they do have a say in the running of their organization. Now, in an ideal world, one would hope that unions would be speaking with one voice, and that is the, the voice of, of, the, of the laborers, the voice of the workers. Now, National Union of Mine Workers, they are demanding 10,500 rand for, as a minimum wage. You are demanding 12,500 rand as a minimum wage. Would your cause not be stronger if you actually spoke with one voice? That is correct. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, if everyone maybe was singing from the same hymn book, it could be that way. But unfortunately, we've got different ways and means of how to do things. Others are associated to the political parties. AMCO is not aligned to any political parties. So, I mean, our ideologies will differ. And again, the demand that we put are constant from 2013 to this time. We were, we, we were saying 12,500, of which if that 12,500 comes from 2013 uh, demands of gold uh, of sector, surely the company should be in the sense of saying we are consistent and the 12,000 is achievable. So uh, I think that's a different. I mean, like for instance, if you look at uh, uh, gold, gold fields, they concluded uh, a cut-and-paste agreement uh, with National Union of Mine Workers. If you look, that agreement is a clear cut-and-paste from the work that was done by AMCO at the Platinum. From their first year, second year, third year, is just clear. The first year is 21.46%, which is clearly cut-and-paste from... Anglo, uh, I mean, from platinum strike of the five-month strike. So, therefore, if other gold mines can have an increase of 21.46% for the first year, so what is an issue with this other mine? Because they are selling the same gold. Now, you've put a deadline of July, the beginning of July, for the implementation of, of, your, of your requirements. What happens should this not be reached? Where to from there? I mean, it's negotiations. I cannot preempt uh, what the negotiation will be, the end result of it or the outcome of the wage negotiations. But however, as a union that carries the mandate, uh, our members will come to give us a direction where to go if it happens that we don't reach any settlement around their demands. What, what is the role of the Chamber of Mines in all of this? Remember, the, the role of Chamber of Mine is to represent the interest of the monopoly capital, the interest of their client. 
uh, Chamber of Mines doesn't represent the interest on the aspiration of the black mine workers. Nothing at all. This is a structure that was created in those years before I was born. That was to was to administer the, the, the operation of a black mine worker. So therefore, their interest is not for the black mine worker. And I can draw your attention, 1944 Lansdowne Commission, uh, which appeared in April, which Chamber of Mine put it clear that their policy is not to pay a living wage, but it was for the cheaper low-wage policy, of which they call it an, an allowance, a supplementary income. That is their stance, and it has never been challenged. Until such time, we as AMCO, we say, we don't recognize Chamber of Mine. Chamber of Mine are the buildings or is the structure, is the administration that was made to protect the interests of the monoco- I mean, monopoly capital. So therefore, they are not a bargaining council in terms of the Labor Relations Act. It's a body-body engagement forum set up for convenient purpose for the capitalists. That is what is, uh, uh, Chamber of Mine is all about. Mr. Matunjo, we'll leave it there for this evening. Thank you so much for, for chatting to us. Thank you. God bless you and to your listeners. You too, sir. That's uh, Mr. Joseph Matunjo, the AMCO president, on uh, the demand for more than double what is currently being earned by minimum uh, entry workers. They're currently earning around uh, 6000 or so. Um, they are demanding a 6,500 rand monthly increase to 12,500 rand a month for entry level in the gold sector. Your thoughts and your comments on this, 089-110-2000, 089-110-2000. As he's been saying, really, this has not changed. Um, this is what they've been demanding for all the years. They still have not reached it. They've uh, given the, the, the mine owners up until the beginning of July for the implementation of that. And whether or not they'll go on a strike, Mr. Matunjo says it's not up to him, but it's really up to the mine workers themselves. Here's a list of all the other uh, you know, benefits that they want, the employment benefits. Uh, they are wanting a minimum severance package of 80,000 rand, a 4,000 rand living out allowance, no work on Saturdays, and for employees to work five days a week or 45 hours a week. Uh, They also want a nine-month maternity leave and uh, also a review of the employment benefits share option schemes. So uh, that really is is what AMCO has has presented in their wish list, and whether or not they'll get it, only time will tell. 089-110-2000, your thoughts and your comments regarding this, as well as um, how they view the Chamber of Mines. They did say that the union doesn't want to negotiate under the Chamber of Mines, that the Chamber of Mines cannot be uh, you know, both referee and uh, a player in, in this. And that is exactly how they see the Chamber of Mines. It's 7.53 on Radio 2000. You want to be a